welcome back to the Cycling Tips Nerd Alert Podcast. I'm your host, James Huang, and today we're going to go ahead and beat the proverbial dead horse with a brief chat about disc brakes versus rim brakes. Now, as much as disc brakes might offer better braking performance overall, power isn't the be-all end-all for everyone, and not everyone needs that level of fingertip modulation. There's also weight to consider, ease of maintenance, aesthetics, not to mention the fact that for countless traditionalists out there, rim brakes still do the job just fine in most cases, particularly for riders who don't live in mountainous areas. The debate over disc brakes versus rim brakes is hardly a debate anymore though, as bike brands have already decided quite emphatically that discs are the way forward. Looking for a higher-end road bike with rim brakes? Mm, good luck with that, at least from a mainstream brand. And unfortunately, it's a similar story with wheel brands, as most have ceased further development of rim brake models or abandoned their rim brake offerings entirely. That said, it's not all doom and gloom for rim brake fans who are committed to keeping their aging bike going, as smaller wheel brands have stepped in to fill the void that bigger brands have left behind. One of those brands is Boyd Cycling, who is not only still selling rim brake wheels, but is still continuing to develop new ones, and not just at the lower end of the performance spectrum either. In today's episode, I chat with Boyd Cycling head honcho, it's actually what's on his business card, Boyd Johnson on what these new wheels are all about, why the brand is committed to continuing to support rim brake owners, and why rim brake bikes aren't going away anytime soon. This week's Nerd Alert is a bit of a short one, but still worth a listen. And make sure you don't miss next week's episode when Dave, Ronan, and Kaylee will run you through all the new tech goodies at this year's Tour de France. And with that, let's hear from Boyd. Boyd Johnson, it's been a little while now. It's been a few months since I've seen you. I feel like I used to see you a little more regularly, but it's not really quite in person that we're talking right now, but this is better than nothing. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing today? You know, think, things could be worse. I'm not going to complain a whole lot. Had a pretty awesome mountain bike ride last night with a bunch of buddies. Got in a little late, but it was worth it. Can't complain about the Tuesday night ride. Yeah, we have, uh, we have our Tuesday night worlds, and uh, we, uh, we leave from the office here and ride down to it and then ride back. It ends up being a good 70-mile ride, so um, oh, wow. that's a good way to get 70 miles on a Tuesday. Yeah, we, uh, we definitely didn't cover that much distance, but uh, I mean... It was certainly memorable. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, Boyd, I think it's safe to say that you are, you're not the biggest wheel company, um, but you're not the smallest either. I think uh, at this point, you can, we can probably pretty comfortably characterize you as a pretty pretty solid mid-level uh, size company for wheels. Um, and recently, you sort of just teased on your Instagram account um, a new podium-level rim brake carbon wheel or new rim. These aren't actually on your uh, on your website yet, however. So I was wondering first, before we really dive into a lot of specifics on these things, what exactly are we looking at here? Uh, so our podium level is our top of the line wheel sets. Um, they come with the nice 85 hubs, the pillar wing 20 spokes, and uh, we teased a new brake track on them. Uh, and really it's it's a new updated tooling for the rim. Uh, the brake track happens to be part of that. Um, lighter weight rims, better fitting tubeless tires, especially with some of the new modern tight fitting tubeless tires on the market. And uh, there was a good opportunity. Another another wheel brand just uh, announced that they were no longer making rim brake wheels and figured that was a great day to announce that we are going in and even updating our rim brake wheel sets. So what exactly is different on these on these rims? So you said they're a little bit, uh, well, new tooling, but uh, they're a little bit lighter, uh, updated brake track. Can you get into some specifics? Uh, well, with the lighter weight, it's um, you know uh, better compression on the carbon fiber, so it makes a tighter rim, uh, lighter weight there. Uh, the 
rim bed. Uh, we just revised the shape of the rim bed, some of the dimensions. We've noticed that tubeless tires have been getting tighter and tighter over the years. Um, you know, I make the joke of we had our tubeless rim bed uh, that we first came out with actually in 2015. So we were pretty far ahead of the time on that. And, you know, we had customers that had them for years. They had multiple different tires and then they would buy a new tire and it would be very tight. And they would be like, oh, I've tried all these tires and then I bought this new tire and it won't go on. What's wrong with the wheels? Uh, and we've just noticed, you know, okay, if tires are going to be doing this, it stinks that we have to spend the money to update our tooling to accommodate what the tires are doing. But we want that good tire to rim interface. So Cool. Um, what, uh, what sort of depths are you offering these rims in and what kind of widths are we talking about? So the, the rim brakes we are offering in a 44 millimeter, a 60 millimeter, and we're about to release our new 80 millimeter. Um, we had a 90 millimeter available. We discontinued that. Um, my friend, uh, Chris Huberti helps me do a lot of CFD analysis and we actually came up with a shape for the 80 millimeter that does better than the old 90 millimeter did. So lighter weight, better crosswind stability, and better aerodynamics. Uh, so that one's going to be released a little bit later this summer. Um, and widths on that, um, you know, we're limited with rim brakes still by what the brake calipers can do. And typically, if you start going above 28 millimeters, you have interference with some of the brake pads. So then based on that 28 millimeter external, we actually did 27 external and that comes down to about a 19 millimeter internal. And so typically when people are running rim brakes, they're still on, you know, 25, 28, maybe 30 millimeter tires just because they don't have the clearance in the bike frames. So we went with a 19 millimeter internal, which works great with those. You know, obviously with disc brakes, we're going a little bit wider with the internal because we're seeing people run more of the 30s or 32s on the road. So the, these rims are still ETRTO compliant, I'm assuming? Yep. So, yeah, I mean, we go through all the dimensions and, um, you know, look at the angles of how, you know, of course they're tubeless ready. Um, and so we look at how the tires are going to go in, all the dimensions there, um, you know, the bead seat diameter, the angle at which the tire snaps into place, the center channel for mounting. Uh, and then it sounds like these rims are still hooked. Is that right? Correct. All of our road rims are hooked. Um, we've done hookless for gravel and for mountain bike for high volume, low pressure situations. Anything with high pressure, low volume, we still have a hook to hold that tire into place. Uh, and that allows people to use any tire, uh, any size, any condition. Um, you know, you're not forced to using a certain tire size or pressure. Um, you guys had a great podcast with uh, Josh from Silka, all about the road hook list. So any questions, I think it was, they were all answered in that podcast. Gotcha. Cool. Um, can, can you talk about a little bit, um, the complete wheel set specs? Like what are we looking at for, for weights and pricing and stuff like that? Uh, 44 millimeters going to be right around the 1450 gram range. The, yeah, it helped. It definitely helped with some of the new tooling. Um, you know, we could have gone lighter by, you know, a lot of people will make the hub shells really light, um, put very small bearings in there, um, and you do save a little bit of weight that way. Um, you know, we like the larger bearings, 6902s in the rear, larger bearings up front. It just helps a lot with stability, stiffness, and then not having to replace your bearings every year. And then, sorry, how much did you say they were again? Uh, those retail for 1700 for the set. 
Okay, so pretty competitive stuff. Um, what about the the breaking surface? Because that really is seemingly the the most obvious change from before. Yeah, so we've actually, since 2015, we've had a textured brake track on there. Um, and, you know, if a lot of people have, um, you know, tried carbon wheels where it's a very smooth surface. Um, and basically the texturing process, there's a 3K weave on the brake track. And then there's a blasting process that happens that kind of exposes the dry fibers and the pits that would be in between the weave. Um, with the new model, we're going a little bit beyond that. Um, we've actually put um, relief lines uh, kind of in the shape of an arrow, and those get laser cut into the rim bed. And so if you're in wet weather situations, you're, the, we- the water is going to go down into those relief lines, uh, dries out the rim really quick, so you get better wet weather breaking. And then in the dry, there's great modulation, but with increased stopping power. Cool. Uh, what, well, I guess that also means that the front wheel now is directional, right? Correct. Um, okay. And so I've made sure to tell my wheel builders, you have to line up the front uh, hub in the direction it's going to be spinning. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Um, what, about, uh, what about temperature management? Because I mean, it, it's... It feels like it's been a while since we've talked about this sort of thing, but temperature management is still a big deal for rim brake carbon rims. Um, so I'm curious what you've done there to keep these things from falling apart on a long descent. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, you know, when we were selling carbon clincher wheels in uh, 2012 and 2013, then that's where we would see a lot of the, you know, the heat stuff. We actually had a warning for people not to use them in very, very hilly situations. High temperature resins have come a long way. We'll see, I wouldn't even say two cases per year where somebody just overheats a carbon rim. You know, obviously it can still happen. Um, if you get a heavier rider who rides the brakes the whole way down on a very hot day, you know, and it has more to do with like residue building up on the brake track and affecting it that way. So we really haven't seen anything. I mean, the rims are rated to over 210 degrees Celsius. And a lot of people will, you know, they'll get to the bottom of a climb and they'll touch their rim and they'll say, oh man, my rim's really hot as their fingers are on it. There is that safe. Um, you know, you can only touch about 160, 170 Fahrenheit for a couple seconds. So and we're going well beyond that for the temperature rating of the rim. Cool. All of this sounds really good. Uh, it all sounds pretty encouraging, like, you know, current technology for brake tracks and good weights, really good competitive pricing, uh, good dimensions and everything. Uh, I mean, it, it, it does kind of lead us to sort of the the, the 800-pound gorilla in the room, right? Because these days, and it's been for it's been this way for quite a while now, basically nearly all new road bikes at, at almost any price range now comes with disc brakes and not rim brakes. And rim brake road bikes are actually pretty hard to find in a lot of cases, aside from like super high-end custom. So why bother offering new higher-end wheels for use with rim brakes in the first place? Um, yeah, I mean, it's... You look around, uh, you know, we were just talking, uh, I did the group ride last night, and probably 30% of the people out there were still on rim brake bikes. I mean, you're going to go to some places where it's more 90% are on disc brakes. Um, It is true. Everybody who's buying a new bike now is buying a disc brake bike. But you can't ignore the fact that there are millions of rim brake bikes still out there. Um, You know, out of my personal collection of bikes, I still have two rim brake bikes that I use. I love them. Um, it's not like all of a sudden disc brake came out and rim brake is not a viable technology. And for anybody who bought a really nice rim brake bike and wants to keep it running, 
we want to have a good option for them to keep that bike and even make improvements to it. Right. Because I guess what it all comes down to it, while not too many people will argue the fact that disc brakes offer more stopping power and you know, the various other performance advantages, the, the reality is for a lot of people, the fact that rim brakes work just fine, uh, and especially for people who are not in particularly hilly or mountainous areas, they maybe don't feel a huge motivation to switch, right? There's that. Um, you know, I just spent a week riding in uh, Jekyll Island, Georgia. So I think for the full week, I got about 35 feet of climbing. Um, I don't, I didn't hit my brakes one time, but you know, I rode through a couple puddles and then my disc brakes were making noise. Um, there is this, a simplicity to riding rim brakes. You know, you hop on your bike, even if you haven't ridden it in a week and it just goes, you put a wheel on and it's easy. You know, I do think that as we go years and years into disc brakes, there will be a little bit of that nostalgia of, you remember when rim brakes just worked? Right. When you had cables that you replace really easily instead of, you know, cracking out the bleed kit and kind of getting messy in the rubber gloves and all that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, you, you look at that, like, you know, if your brakes go a little bit out of adjustment, um, if you swap wheels, I mean, our, this is funny, our most popular product that we sell are these 0.25 millimeter shims for center lock hubs to adjust your rotors so that if you swap wheels, all your rotors line up properly. So I do think there's some nostalgia of the simplicity of rim brakes and just how they would work, you know, even if you don't have the the great modulation of disc brakes. Um, rim brake technology, I feel like, was really just getting pretty awesomely good when disc brakes hit the market, which is kind of as you expect. Like the old technology is kind of at its peak when the, a new technology comes out. Um, where do you think it would be right now if disc brakes hadn't caught on the way that they did? Uh, I think every rim brake wheel would be through axle. And I think you would start seeing forks and brakes accommodating, you know, running 32 millimeter tires on rim brakes. Uh, so you would start seeing 32, 33 millimeter external rims. Um, I think we're pretty close to having really, you know, popular hydraulic rim brake options, um, you know, taken away from a cable driven and uh, making it more like the hydraulic disc brakes. I think the biggest thing, though, would have been the through axles for the rim brake. Because everybody hopped on a disc brake bike and they're like, oh, this feels great. My front end's so stiff because of the through axles. Interesting. That's a that's a curious, or I shouldn't say curious, that, that's definitely an intriguing vision for kind of like the, the alternative future. Yeah. And when we came out, um, our first version of our 85 hub, we came out with in 2015, we actually future-proofed it for through axles uh, for rim brakes. And this was back before... There was disc brake road bikes all over the place. You know, it never really came to fruition. So, and it's not like it was a disadvantage to have that future capability. Um, do you have any sense right now as to what your sales look like for disc versus rim brake wheels? Um, it would, it's about uh, 75% disc brake and 25% rim brake. Um, but it really varies. Um, alloy wheels, uh, there's still a huge market for alloy rim brake. Uh, in fact, we went through a revision of some of our alloy rims, and the, we hit it just at the wrong time with the pandemic and not being able to get stuff. We got our disc brake models in, but the rim brake, uh, we had to wait for samples, and then everybody was backed up, so we just could never get the samples going for that 
Um, if we would have had our Altamont rim brake wheel sets around during the pandemic, 2020 and 2021, uh, that would have been by far our best-selling wheel set. Interesting. So uh, I actually own a set of those Altamonts with the with the ceramic coating that you offered. Uh, I can't remember what year this was now, but uh, what do those look like now? Because that is one thing that we didn't talk about was that while you have a new rim brake carbon range, you also have a, a re- that revised aluminum rim brake range, right? Yep. And uh, the ceramic coating was really tough. Uh, we basically had to stock about two year supply of rims uh, to be able to, you know, affordably do the ceramic coating. Um, it was in the, that time period where it was shifting, where more people were getting into disc brake. And that was something where we just had to make the decision not to offer that ceramic coating anymore. Um, so we still have the new alloy rim brake coming out. Um, people have been waiting patiently for it. Uh, we're hoping to have it, uh, available for the end of this year. Um, and it's, again, it will be a very popular wheel set. And I think, you know, when you're looking at your customer base of, okay, if you're the person who likes your rim brake bike, um, you know, you're also that person who likes aluminum wheels. So not the person who's, you know, you're not ruling a jump on every trend as soon as it comes out. Um, one that we haven't talked about is, is brake pad compounds, because that was another thing that, uh, that the, obviously the braking surface is just one half of the, one half of the puzzle here. And certainly when rim brake technology was at its peak, we were also seeing a lot of variation in brake pad compounds. So has there been any continued development there on your end? Um, you know, we're, when we have our brake pads for our carbon rims, um, basically what we're doing is we're happy with the rim. We've tested it out and we'll send it to um, a brake pad company uh, in Taiwan that makes our brake pads for us. And they're actually doing all the testing on the rims and then, um, you know, different compounds and stuff. Um, you know, so they provide a brake pad that we're very happy with, our Onyx brake pads. Uh, we've tested uh, the Swiss Dot Black Prince is probably the next best brake pad to use. Um, you know, it's definitely a lot more expensive, but uh, it works really well. So I don't see a lot of development still happening on, you know, making the best brake pad for carbon rims. And what about for aluminum? Um, for aluminum, I mean, it's, you've got the better braking compared to carbon, um, especially in wet conditions. Um, you know, the, Stock pads that come in brake calipers seem to work really well. And then if people like to upgrade, uh, we always recommend that they get the Swiss Stop BXP pads. Uh, they just seem to work really well. And those are the blue ones, right? The blue ones, yep. Yep, yeah, I've used those a long time ago. I've used those quite a, quite a bit several years ago, and they were definitely really good. Um, I am curious, given the way things are going, and it, you, know, you said on your, on your group ride you see about, you know, 30% or so that are still on rim brakes and your sales are obviously disproportionately high on the rim brake side as compared to uh, new bikes that are being sold. So a lot of this of course is in place to essentially address the the market that has already been there for decades at this point. Certainly a lot of older bikes out there, people who just have nicer rim brake bikes that just don't need to be upgraded. Eventually, that's going to run out, though, I, I would think. So I mean, how much longer do you think it's going to be until the rim brake market doesn't actually need to be supported anymore? 
Uh, that's going to be tough to say. And, you know, we've been in that situation before. Um, I believe it was 2016, uh, we stopped offering tubular rims. You know, of course, whenever you stop offering something, you're going to get people upset about it. Um, you know, we had seen that out of all the carbon wheel sets, uh, tubular started dipping down to about two and a half to three percent of sales. And it just didn't justify having all the inventory on the shelf. Um, so people were furious about that. Um, you know, when other companies announced that they're no longer doing rim brake bikes, uh, they seem to draw the ire of the customer there. You know, that's something where I don't know if I can give an exact time period for that. But we just know that whenever we make a post and whenever we do stuff uh, talking about the rim brake technology, it seems to attract that save the rim brake crowd. Um, and they're pretty adamant that uh they do not want to move to disc brakes well it's pretty tricky for sure i mean because like mountain bike technology progresses in leaps and bounds it feels like and um in a lot of ways gravel bike technology feels like it's on a somewhat similar path uh road bikes however have been pretty stable for a very long time like decades geometry hasn't changed a whole lot um yeah i have i have a let's see this is a 25 year old roughly uh lemond road bike uh lemond rim brake road bike that i that i have that i still love i still ride fairly regularly and it's about as classic as can be uh fairly narrow tires center mount rim brakes so on and so forth but i can still get stuff to fit on that i can still get relatively modern group sets to put on there it's still compatible with a whole lot of stuff like it really isn't outdated necessarily in terms of uh, what's available to stick on there and I'd have to imagine that I'm not alone. So, I mean, it, it's been only, what, like maybe three or four years now or something like that where new rim brake bikes kind of just went away. So it, do you think it's conceivable that you're going to be having rim brake products in the lineup for, I don't know, 10, 15 years from now? I could definitely see 10 years from now. Um, it's going to be tough as you know bikes get older and older um, because the big component companies, I think, are going to stop producing the parts available to make rim brake uh, bikes. And so if you've got, you know, this is where the used market for rim brake products will be going strong for a long time, but, you know, you're going to start seeing where people are piecing together their bikes. And at some point they're just going to get frustrated with trying to find components to make their old bike work. And then they're going to have to get a disc brake bike. Um, and, you know, again, we're not saying that disc brakes are not, better they definitely have advantages and we put a lot into our disc brake wheels um but we see that people like what they currently have i see a lot of parallels between in the rim brake disc brake thing uh kind of in the automotive world just basically in terms of like automatic versus uh manual transmissions and it always seems like at least for cars the manual transmission while it is technically uh you know at a disadvantage in terms of performance it still appeal. It still appeals to sort of like you know the purist sort of thing, the traditionalist, and it for a lot of cars like it still just hasn't gone away. Like I actually just bought a car, uh, what about seven months ago that only came in a manual transmission, and that was just as of a couple of years ago. So it always seems like that is just continuing to be there. It's always going to be some sort of like little segment of the market. Um, but do you think that there's ever going to be? a situation where the pendulum might swing in the other direction? I mean, do you, 
I, I think the, the the bigger brand in the mainstream bike industry is like I think that I think the writing is obviously on the wall there that they're never going back from disc. But do you think that there might be a bit of a resurgence in rim brake bikes moving forward at some point? Uh, I would like to see it. Um, you know, I do think, and it will happen with you know, the nostalgia. Um, you know, if you go riding in the rain and then your brakes squeal for the next five days. Um, I think that there will be a lot of people who look back and just, they liked how simple the bike was. They liked that it just worked. Um, it wasn't finicky to adjust stuff or your rotors didn't go out of true. I think some of the smaller boutique builders might have that, but then you've got to be able to find components for it too. We see the big companies are the ones to kind of dictate the trends and everything. And the consumers kind of, you know, they have to follow what the companies are producing. I mean, it. It, it seems like in that sense, Campagnolo is sort of the, the torchbearer in that sense, right? Yeah. And, you know, we see actually quite a bit of our uh, rim brake bikes come with Campy free hub bodies on them. Hmm. Interesting little interesting little correlation. Um, so we already talked about how bikes are basically all disc brake at this point. Um, but looking at the various wheel brands that are out there, pretty much every major wheel brand out there has virtually completely abandoned rim brake wheels. And so if they offer rim brake wheels at all, it's it's often oftentimes just sort of like legacy product that was developed several years ago. And that's if they have anything at all. Um, so is this a niche that's that the bigger brands have left behind that smaller companies like Boyd are pretty happy to fill? Like where, where does this look to you moving forward? Are you going to continue to to put money into it? Or at some point, are you going to just kind of like let the thing run and see what happens? Uh well, for right now, we're going to let it run because we just came out with the new products. Um, you know, we're pretty happy whenever one, some of the big guys announce that, you know, they're not going to do rim brakes anymore because it does open up that market for us. And you, if you can have a bigger slice of the pie of a small market, um, especially if it's stuff where, you know, you know, I, I go back to the tubular market. If we were still all in on tubulars, but only 1% of the population would ever buy a tubular wheel set, then it doesn't make sense. But when we're still looking at 35% of the riders are buying rim brake bikes or rim brake wheel sets, um, you know, it's still a sizable consumer market. So do you hear, I'm curious if you talk to any of your customers who are still buying rim brake wheel sets, I mean, do they express some sort of happiness or some sort of satisfaction that you're still catering to that segment? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, if we make the post on social media showing rim brake stuff, um, we get everybody, I mean, they thank us and all that. And, you know, it goes back to if you've got a bike you like and now there's parts available to upgrade it and keep riding it, you know, you do have that gratitude. You're not being forced to buy a complete new bike when you don't feel like you need to. Cool. Well, uh, Boyd, as someone who also has a couple of rim rig bikes in the stable that I really, actually three rim rig bike, bikes that I enjoy in the stable, uh, I'm personally still really happy that you're that you're continuing to service that segment um, because it would be kind of a bummer if you just couldn't get the stuff anymore. And at some point, I know things are going to dry up, but not yet. Pretty yeah. happy to see that you're continuing to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. You look at you know the stuff we used to do on rim brake bikes. Um, I mean, you and I rode together in Virginia. And it wasn't that long ago. It was, I think, 2017 or 2018. And uh, we did an 80-mile gravel ride there. And I was on rim brakes with 28-millimeter tires. 
and today that ride you would need a full gravel bike with 42 millimeter tires um we had a blast that day we did we did although i remember so uh boyd is referring to an old event um called the ballers ride that uh an industry friend of ours had put together where it was sort of just like a gathering of uh i guess a lot of smaller builders and uh just like bunch of friends just kind of gathering in the kind of middle of nowhere in Virginia that just happened to have really good riding. I remember very distinctly how how that whole thing was was sort of a uh kind of like a look to the future so to speak because the the riding was so was so different in terms of what the surfaces were like. It was very mixed surface, um some pavement, some some unpaved and the bikes that were there were all over the place. Like um yeah, like you said you did a rim brake bike with 28s. I was on um I was on a, a custom seven actually that I still have uh, with disc brakes. And I think that I was on like 28, 29 mil tires. But then I remember guys like, uh, like Nate Zukas, he's a custom builder in Georgia. He was on, he was on one of his custom uh, essentially. Well, I think, I don't know if we were even calling them gravel bikes then, but he was on basically a custom steel gravel bike with uh, I think he was on like 42 mil, like specialized tracer tires a bunch of guys were running like, you know, cable actuated disc brakes and that stuff, that sort of thing. And it worked. It was pretty interesting, but like looking back at how kind of prescient that ride was, it's pretty interesting. And I, I actually think it was further back than you think, because I know I was still working for bike radar at the time. And this, so this would have been like definitely pre 2016. So it's been at least seven years. Yeah. That's we're getting true. old Boyd. We are. <laughs> Um, and actually, that ride was the first ride I had ever seen uh, 650B uh, gravel wheels. And, uh, you know, I think it was we started the tooling pretty much right after that ride to come out with the first 650B gravel wheel set uh, in our lineup. So, man, it's funny how sometimes the the smaller brands can kind of, you know, get into that niche market first um, and kind of dictate where it's going to go. Well, that seems to have always been how it's been. Uh, it's just the smaller brands are able to pivot faster, right? Well, Boyd, I'm I, I'm really like again, I'm really happy to see that you're continuing to service the rim brake world. Um, glad to see that the technology is continuing to improve, and it's just you're still making improvements in the wheels in general. I mean, I I think I'm just really curious to see where this looks because while I don't think that rim brakes are going to like ever come back in a big way necessarily. I do wonder if it is always going to be a persistent, smaller niche of the market that really might not go away for a very long time. Yeah, I think I think it'll be here for a while. Um, you know, it's it will continue to decrease in popularity, um, but it's still a pretty sizable part of the market, and there's well, still cool. improvements to be made. Awesome. Well, it'll be interesting to follow those improvements. And uh, yeah, I guess just keep us abreast of when they're, when they're coming. Will do. Cool. Thanks, Boyd. Thanks for chatting. Thanks for being on the show today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. 